Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Today, I dropped off Aurelio for his first day of first grade. Allora, iniziamo questo anno scolastico accogliendo i bambini di prima dalla materna. Fanno un primo passo, salgono due rampe di scale. I, as you can expect, I'm a little bit emotional about it. I will try to hold it together during this mini episode and not start crying. No guarantees, but I will try. So I thought I would talk a little bit today about the differences, or at least the ones that I have recognized so far, between Italian and American elementary school. Number one difference, which you can tell from the date of the publication of this episode, is that Italian school starts way later than American school. When I was in Los Angeles last month, my niece and nephew had already started school and it was only mid-August. And I think in some places in the U.S. they are even starting earlier than that. Do they get out way later than American school, you're probably thinking? No, actually, they get out even earlier than American school. So usually kids finish elementary school at least, but I believe that it's the same all the way up through high school, around the end of the first week in June. When I was a kid, we started at the end of August or the beginning of September, and we finished around mid-June. I'm not sure when kids finish in the States these days, but I feel like it's sometime in June. Italian kids are finishing around the same time, if not earlier, so a shorter school year. It's really only nine months or nine months in a week, which to me seems very short, but they make up for it by giving kids homework during the summer. Isn't that wonderful? I haven't had to deal with that yet, but next summer I will. So we'll see how that goes. I'll keep you updated. Speaking of homework, they start giving homework to Italian school children as young as first grade. I believe that in the United States, they are starting to realize that homework is not helpful for that age group. Homework has dramatically increased in the States as well, from what I understand, especially the younger kids. But I think they've finally, just in the last few years, realized that actually little kids for second, third grade do not benefit from homework in the least. Um, So I'm quite upset about the fact that he's going to be getting homework right away in first grade. I wasn't sure. I knew that they do give a lot of homework in Italy, more than in the United States, but I was sort of... Wishful thinking, I guess, that it wasn't going to start until second or third grade, but had the big, long, endless meeting with all the teachers and new parents last week. And come to find out, there will be homework every week for almost every subject. So we will see how that goes. Um, I also read that the new sort of rule of thumb, at least in the States, is that children should have no more than 10 minutes of homework per day per grade they're in. So if you're in first grade, no more than 10 minutes. If you're in second grade, no more than 20 minutes, etc. on up. So we'll see how that compares. I'm interested to know, <laughs> very interested, but I guess I'll find out shortly. I have a kid who, like probably most kids around his age, has a hard time concentrating. <laughs> so we'll see if we can get his homework done in a reasonable time. And I say we because I have no doubt that I'll be helping out with the homework. Italian schools are famous for like the parents doing the homework for the kids. And I always thought that was ridiculous. And I always said I would refuse to do that. 
but you know, we will see. And speaking of parents doing things for their kids, and that's kind of an Italian thing. You know, you'll see it all the way up through adulthood, far into adulthood, parents of adult children doing things for their children that really the children should be doing themselves, whether it's an old lady doing her 40-year-old son's laundry, situation that I encountered a long time ago. I'll tell that story someday on the podcast. Or parents doing their kids' homework. It's universal in this country. But one thing that the parents almost always do for their kids, especially if they're in elementary school, is carry their backpacks. And this is something that I've been seeing, you know, since I moved here. I used to have to walk by an elementary school on my way to the bus stop years ago when I lived in Trastevere. And I just remember always seeing the mom wearing the backpack. And I always thought, oh, I can't believe that parent is wearing the backpack and their kid is just skipping along. The kid should be having the responsibility of carrying the backpack. And I saw this with my mother-in-law as well, with my much younger sister-in-law when she was still in elementary school. My poor mother-in-law was always dragging this bag around, but there's a reason for it. And it's It's the same as the reason for, maybe I should say the justification for Italian parents doing their kids' homework. And that is they've got tons of books in their bag. Italian schools famously, you know, they have a book for every single subject. And most schools don't have lockers. Uh, Aurelio's school is one of the rare schools that does have a little locker in the hallway outside the classroom. So I'm hoping that he won't have to take all of his books back and forth. But those backpacks get very, very heavy. So, you know, when you do have a six-year-old kid and they're expected to carry this massive heavy backpack, now that I uh, the shoe is on the other foot and I'm a parent of a young child in Italy, I'm starting to understand why, why the parents carry their kids' backpacks. I will resist as long as I am able. <laughs> you have my word on that. Another dif- difference between Italian and U.S. elementary school is that the, sh- the day is much, much shorter. They have different variations on the schedule. Not all schools do it the same way. Some schools even have Saturday school, believe it or not. My husband went to school on Saturday mornings. In some schools, if the school has a shorter day, meaning it ends just before lunch, then they'll have school on Saturday to make up the hours missed. Our school has two long days until 4 p.m. and three short days. And you can choose as a parent if you want your child to stay for lunch if you want to pick your child up before lunch and give them lunch at home on the three shorter days. There is an after-school program for the other three days so that if you are a parent who cannot pick your child up before 4 p.m., you can leave them until 4 p.m. every day. And on those three days, on the shorter days, they just do homework (laughs) on those uh, after-school days. So there is lunch offered every day. But as a parent, you at least at my child's school, you can decide if you want your child to stay for lunch on those short days or not. So we're going to see how that goes. The first week, there's no lunch offered and no after school. So uh, he's going to be having lunch at home every day this week. And <laughs> I don't know if I've ever talked about Aurelio's eating habits on this show before, but he's not the best eater. I kind of tear my hair out when I'm trying to get him to eat. So I'm really hoping I'm going to be able to send him to school for lunch every day. That would be just so much easier for me. But it, of course, will depend on on how well the lunch goes. But I am optimistic as he's finally a little bit older and finally eating a little bit better. Another difference, religion is taught 
in public schools. Now, Aurelia was going to a Catholic school, but I know from experience with my little sister-in-law that even at public schools, they teach religion. And it is not required, actually. You can opt out of it as a parent. If you don't want your children's child studying religion, you can have them do some other activity at that time. I think it might have been required until recently, but it is not required anymore. Most most parents do uh, have their children study religion, though. And by religion, it's generally Catholicism. I don't know if they teach the facts about other religions. I'd have to ask my sister-in-law that. I kind of think they don't. I kind of think it's really just Christianity, Catholicism. But we'll see. And obviously, Aurelio is going to a Catholic school, so he'll definitely be getting only the Catholic teaching. But I thought it was interesting that even though you can't opt out of it, it's not forced on any child, they are teaching the Catholic religion in public schools. One huge surprise I had when I was getting all of Aurelio's school supplies together, a ton, by the way, he has to have a notebook for every single subject, and there's like six subjects or seven. So that's another reason the backpack is so heavy. Um, But what I wasn't expecting was a computer we have to buy a laptop computer for our six-year-old child. Before I found this out a week ago, I remember thinking to myself, oh, it's so great that because we're in Italy, he's not going to have a computer or a tablet forced down his throat at six years old. Because I do know that in the States, they get them started on computers very early. But alas, he is having a computer forced down his throat at six years old. And I mean, he's thrilled. Trust me, he is so excited he's going to have his own computer. But I'm not so excited about it. It's only one hour per week when he has the actual like technology and in informatics lesson. But um, I still think screen time for little kids. Aren't we supposed to be avoiding that? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm interested in your guys' thoughts, especially those of you who have little kids, uh, what you think about the teaching of computers at the first grade level. Last thing, or okay, no, the second to last thing, is that children, even children who are mother tongue English speakers like my son, are required to take English class, as in English as a second language, where they start with, hello, my name is. I'm not very happy with this. I wish that he could opt out of it as a native speaker and take something else. Unfortunately, at his school, it is a very small school and they don't offer any other languages. So I can't put him in French class or German, for example. But I do worry about it. The teacher is not a native English speaker. (laughs) So here you're taking a six-year-old child who is a native English speaker and you're forcing them to study English with a teacher who is not a native English speaker. It seems counterintuitive. I asked at the meeting if they taught British or American English. And of course, I'm not surprised. They teach British English. And she said, you know, he will come across, you know, spelling differences. And I don't think that's a huge problem. I think that if you're smart enough, by the time you're through with elementary school, you can figure out that British English and American English spell things in different ways. And it shouldn't be a a huge problem for you. But what I did want to make sure of was that his accent wouldn't be corrected that they wouldn't try to force my American son to speak with a British accent. That said, I know that the teacher, when she speaks English, will speak with a British accent. So we will see if he picks it up. I have a friend who has three children, and they studied at a British 
international school in their formative years. And despite the fact that both of their parents are American, they both picked up British accents when they were little. Eventually, they lost them after they left that school. But um, the school is very influential in that way. So we'll see how that goes. And we'll see uh, how bored Aurelio will be having to learn my name is and how are you when he already speaks English (laughs) at a very high level. The very last thing is the famous grembiule. The grembiule, this means smock in Italian. It is something that almost all Italian school children have to wear. What it is, is basically, well, it's what the word implies. It's a smock. It's a long cotton garment that goes to about the knee length. It has really no shape to it. It has buttons up the front. It has a little Peter Pan collar and it might, usually the the smock is dark blue, although sometimes they can be white and very rarely you'll see little girls wearing pink ones, but usually all the children wear blue and the little Peter Pan collar is often white or pale blue. It's, you know, it completely covers the kids' clothes, except for maybe the bottom of their pants. The idea is, of course, to keep them clean, keep their clothes clean while they're at school and also to serve as a type of uniform. And I'm all about the uniform. I like the uniform, but this smock, I mean, if I were a kid, I would not want to wear that thing. And when we went to order Aurelio's uniforms, because at his school, they do have a separate uniform for certain days of the week when uh, they do sports, so it's more sporty uniform. When he tried on the Grembule, he was he was mortified. <laughs> he said, I can't wear this, Mama. I don't want to wear this. You can't make me wear this. I had to assure him that every single child in school would be wearing that on the days in which they don't do sports. When I found out that uh, because the school is, is quite hot, it's quite a warm building, they don't make them wear the grembule until the beginning of November. When I told him that, he was so relieved and so excited. So I can't share a photograph of him wearing his smock because he will not start wearing it until the beginning of November. But I will try to dig up one of my husband wearing it. Might as well embarrass my husband since I can't embarrass my child. Um, So these days, kids really only wear the grembule during elementary school. But in my mother-in-law's day, they wore them in middle school as well. I will try to get a photo of her wearing one if I can. This has been your midweek bittersweet moment. Thank you for listening and join us again. Bye. Do you have a topic you want us to explore? Send your requests. We'd love to hear what you want to know. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and contact us with your questions, your adventures, your observations, your favorite episodes. We love hearing from you. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for The Bittersweet Life Podcast.